You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hi, you're listening to the Wig Hackers podcast, where you get the real feeling of what goes on working on the hair side of the entertainment industry. You never know where my rants will go, so stay to computer. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Wig Hackers. We're going a little different route. We actually have a special guest today. I'm quite stoked. We have Andrew Christie, very excited. Uh, he's a stylist, he's an editor, he's a producer, he's very creative. He makes he makes stuff happen. I would use different words, but this is a PG channel because it's on Apple. But he makes, like when I tell you the things he makes happen is quite extreme. Um, so I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself and then I'm going to jump in with a couple tricky questions. Andrew, take it away. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Daniel. I really appreciate it. I'd do anything for you. You're one of the best in the business and I'm glad to be, uh, to be on your show here. Um, I think you put it right in the fact that I, I make stuff happen. I didn't know that we couldn't curse on this, so I guess I'll try and curb myself a little bit. Um, currently, I work for Wingman Magazine, and that's how I've worked with Daniel. Daniel has been doing the hair and the grooming and the makeup on a lot of my sets with the actors. So that's how I'm attached to Daniel Coy. We had fun. We had fun. How did you find me? Uh, I believe I met you at the uh, Imperial oh. Gallery. Right. I think. Um, yeah. So we met, at the, for those who don't know, the Imperial uh, Court is um, a HIV AIDS uh, research organization. And we were both at the gala. And I think we just became fast friends. I have photos. I think I'm going to post some photos of us together in the, in the caption. So just look for those. We were cute that night. It was a cute night. Cute night. Mm-hmm. It was for sure. Mm-hmm. Good right. And then you got me to donate... Um, you, he got me to make like a little touch-up booth backstage with like with the decoy product. Oh. All yeah. coming back to me now. It was a couple yeah. of years ago, like probably like 10 years ago. Oh, we don't yeah. do numbers. We don't do numbers. We don't do numbers here? Okay, sorry. My don't bad. do numbers. Yeah, no. We were just talking about before, you know, ages and things. So, mm-hmm. um, right. so what is the best part about styling a photo shoot? for you like, um, what is the part that gets you like going so for me i'm not really in love with styling as much as i guess i should be for a stylist i think that the best part is is that um i like doing things that kind of bring in money at this point i think that a lot of people are very much more into the art of things and i think the thrill for me 
when I do styling is that, you know, I know what to work with advertisers and I know to bring in money. Um, I think that uh, being on set is a thrill in general. I think that we all get bit by that bug and that's why we keep coming back to it. But, um, you know, for me, I, I think the business part is just as thrilling, which a lot of people don't seem like. And um, yeah, I mean, and I get to work with people like you who are really cool. So that's always a great joy. What's your worst part about it? Ah. Everything. Uh, what's my worst <laughs> part? Um, so I think that styling is a really hard job. I think that some of the people who aren't like, I mean, at this point in my career, I'm lucky because I get to work with people who I like rather than people who I don't. But I mean, every now and then that happens. Uh, I think it's a schlep, you know, it's like, there's a, like you got to carry a lot of stuff. It's a fast paced job, which actually that part I don't hate. But, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of downsides. I'd say the, uh, the heavy lifting for people who maybe don't like heavy lifting and don't think that that's part of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely a Because, um, I mean, you, you do wear uh, a lot of hats. You know, well, you always wear a hat. but um, I do wear a lot of hats. You wear a lot of hats. I mean, maybe I should just tell people. Yeah, like in the beginning, I was more of like, I guess, a direct stylist. Whereas now, I'm really more of a producer. And I, uh, I uh, around 2008, 2009, I had been in the business a couple of years. I did very well in 2005, 2006, and I was in my early 20s. And then the economy crashed. And it was just very different. And even still, it's like, I remember sitting on a bed of a very top stylist. I shouldn't say his name, but very, very top. And I was like, oh my God, this is the end game with this career. I want no part of it. So I went back to school and studied industrial psychology. And I think this whole business, and you show that just with this show, it's how you parlay it. You know, everything is how you parlay it. It's great to be creative on a set and do great hair and makeup and great styling. But if you are not part, like, this is a hard business to really have a career with unless you're doing TV shows and podcasts and, you know, and having your own back deals in the advertising world. True, true, true. Um, how how would you pick talent for the shoot? What, what's your process for that? Because I know you have a very... Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, for the magazine that I work for, Wingman, uh, we do have a very uh, strong strategy, and I think each time it kind of comes down to what kind of person are we missing? We like to have the KJ app of the world and the uh, Robert De Niro's of the world and sort of, you know, that way there's something for everybody. And I think that's sort of how I pick the talent is um, making sure we know who our advertisers are. We know who the audience is. Like, I mean, for example, if you were to have a guest on this show, you want to pick somebody that you think brings in the products that I guess you're at. Do you have a lot of advertisers on the show? Uh, no. Mm-mm. It's well, me, myself, and I. Happen. Well, that's what should happen. It's like we need to start plugging products on this show. That's yeah, no, thing. totally. I'm I'm totally game, you know, uh, with the way the the industry is going, you know, just trying. Well, yeah, to- I mean, like you're a gr- I mean, really, you know, you are one of the best in the business. I, it's not even mm-hmm. me blowing smoke. You're so good. And um, I think that any product would be lucky to have you name drop them on your show. You know, do a tutorial, whatever it is on the YouTube channel. We're trying. We're trying. Yes. We're trying. Yes. You know, that's what we do, right? Um, that's what we do. So I, you're, you're kind of known for, I don't want to say bringing back styles, bringing forward styles, creating styles. I don't know what we want to call it, but I know you always have a I told you so moment. And uh, so what's the next I told you so? 
I want to know. Okay, so it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning. I think one thing that we're really going to see is we're going to see in fashion tiered skirts. They were big in the 80s. Then they came back again around 2003, 2004 with Mean Girls. And I think we're going to see them again now. And I think for hair, one thing that we're really going to see, and I've been saying this for a few years now and it's starting to happen, but I think we're, it's really going to have a moment, is uh, crimped hair. I think we're going to see a lot of crimped hair. I, mm. I don't know if I'm hearing you. Yep, I hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, so I think we're going to see crimped hair. And I think we're going to see, and we've already seen it, I think, on like Selena Gomez, the flipped out 60s end. It mm. was kind of, it mm -hmm. kind of did a comeback with the Spice Girls in 1986, 1987. Right. And I believe we'll see that again. Mm -hmm. So Daryl splash mermaid hair and flipped <laughs> out, you know, Spice Girls hair. Okay, I see this. I, I, okay. What about you? What do you think is coming? Oh, I mean, what do you see? I do ponytails for a living. Like, you know, everyone who listens knows, like, I do, I do a ponytail. <laughs> I do a cop bun, you know, like that's, that's all I do when I just keep people pretty, you know? So I'm, Very as far pretty. as trendsetter, I, uh, not really, I'm not, that's not my, my forte. I just, you make, go in and they, they give you the mood board, which is what I do with you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I, I can make it happen because I'm the genius. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, I mean, working close with stylists, working like it's a team, you know, it takes a village as, you know, and working together Absolutely. and having the right group of people around always helps the whole situation, you know, so you Absolutely. can like, play off and like change. And, you know, for me, it's always, you know, I want to make sure the actor's talent feels good. And, you know, you're very good at that. You have, you have a great, uh, I don't know, chair side manner, let's call it <laughs> really good at that. Yeah, Just, okay. uh, being catering to the actor is just knowing how to I, i'd say play psychologist which is 80 to 90 percent of the job so. very much so and yes. that's kind of why i started this podcast so i could just talk and vent <laughs> so. yeah i hear you here we are okay your hair is looking great in quarantine i have to say i mean oh. I, I think the, this is just an audio that we're gonna people are gonna be hearing but they should yeah. know how great your hair looks because it's <laughs> on point i'm wearing a hat because I don't have Daniel in my quarantine chamber. But <laughs> no one is in my chamber. It's me, myself, yeah, and me I. Me neither. I mean, I'm here alone. But, I mean, you have this beautiful wave of blonde hair that's just perfect. Oh. I, mean, need, I need a real haircut. Don't look at the back. That's why I'm wearing headphones. So. Mm -mm, it's looking good. Now, I mean, this is a little off topic, but I feel you're one to... Uh, what is a musical group that you love that has not been received well in the world that you think should musical groups that i love that has not been received i mean i would say the number i don't know if it's a group but i think justin or, bieber's yeah. the justin bieber's the best i think that justin bieber is someone who suffered really i mean he was really the first explosion of um social media people someone being that big on social media and the internet and um, I think he's just the best. I think that he's really talented. I think he's the real deal as far as talent. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's been received as well as he should. I think that he had a whole bunch of older people calling him a lesbian from 13 years old. So, I mean, I'd say him. Okay. Although his I, new song with Ariana Grande, not great. And I think both of them are phenomenal. So. I what would you say? It's someplace totally, I would have, I, that, that. I don't think it was shocker, but that's definitely a different. Um, I didn't expect that one. 
I thought you were going to go like 80s or something, something, some, some obscure, like I wouldn't even like, okay, but that makes sense. I get it. I get it. I mean, Bieber, Bieber all the way. Quite well known. Quite well known. Huh. The most famous person. He's the Frank Sinatra of our generation. You know? Like, I think if you say that people roll their eyes and they groan, but the truth, I mean, who's more famous than Justin Bieber that isn't a politician, you know, Beyonce, maybe. Right. Right. True. Rihanna. True. But I mean, all in the same stratosphere, I'd say. Hmm. What about you? Who, was, who would you be your person who's underrated or just wrongly received? I don't, I mean, I don't, I just listen to music to keep my mind not from thinking about myself. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it really, I mean, A, you know, I wouldn't know them if they bit me in the head. You know, I yeah. wouldn't know are. So, I really, ah. Who's interviewing who here? Jiminy Kirk. I don't know. I can't, like, I'm sorry. That's just my, no, I'm an inquisitive no, I, person and I want to know about the people that I'm talking to. I would, I would be a horrible interview, I guess. I don't know. No, no, you're great. No, this is great. I'm, I was just not, I, I don't know. I really don't. And I'm a theater kid too. So you have to remember that one. Like, like that alone, you know, it's, right. it's different. What are your, your feelings of TikTok? I think TikTok is awful. Um, I really hate TikTok. I think that, uh, first of all, I think that everything should be on one app. I think that we should just have Instagram and everything else should go at this point. But, um, I also, I don't know. I just, I think that TikTok is, is unnecessary. I'm not, I don't, I don't see the fascination that the rest of the world sees with lip syncing. So, hmm. okay. I mean, it's very big right now with the drag queens and the, you know, and I'm just, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't think that lip syncing is the skill that everyone seems to think it is. So I don't think I'm the audience for TikTok. All right. Um, so, I mean, it is Wig Hackers. And uh, what movie have you seen that you're like, oh my gosh, that is a wig. Oh, the wig. <laughs> okay. So that's a wig. Um, so like that. That's a wig in a bad way, or that's a wig in a good way. Are we talking? I mean, or, or oh my both. god, that's a wig, and it was the worst wig ever. Okay, no, I mean, so some bad I, wigs. I, Let's see. I try to be positive on my show because hopefully I know the people. Right, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, both. I mean, I found wigs that are just like, oh, it was a rough day that day. You know. But, yeah. So some. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, yeah. like I would say, and sometimes they know it doesn't work. Like on True Blood, in the first season there was Alexander Skarsgård was wearing a wig mm. and it just didn't work. Like he had this long hair and then they finally, you know, they made his character have a uh, tinfoil in his head so that that way it could like burn his scalp. And then he had to get his hair cut because it's like, you know, a vampire, you're not supposed to get your hair cut. It just grows right back. And with him, they just needed to do something so that he wasn't wearing this foolish wig anymore. <laughs> so that's an example of a bad wig that I think everybody knew was bad. Right. Um, and I just want to point out how then see how it just also crosses over into storyline and bringing it in. You know, it's really big yeah. on shows like someone's going undercover. They were a blonde and now, oop, what are they going to do? They're going to dye their hair brown. You know, like it's, it's a typical thing in, in I think TV to really show the audience, you know, huge major changes or like, you know, or from season to season, they have to write it into the script where it, it could have been the actress or actor that like shaved their head. Um, yeah, you know, but they need to incorporate like into- uh, well, in, in uh, the, the Fifth Element, um, Lilu, what's her name, uh, Milioyevich, she was having really bad hair damage, so they needed to get a wig by the end of the movie. Mm. You See? know, so that happens too. This one, 
See? Yeah. And I think um, another, I, I think when you ask what's a good wig, yeah, yeah. for me, it's always things like what you, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I should say his name, but when you take an actor who might have bad hair and, you know, you fill it in so that that way they look like they've got a good hairline. Mm. That to me as someone who doesn't have a great hairline, that's always most impressive. Okay. Right. That makes you sense. Know? Which but I don't do think- you have any like, like, period, like, like, um, like transformations? Which one? You know what I mean? Like any transformations that you love? So like, I mean, I think that that's a good movie right there. Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola with Kirsten Dunst. That's, mm -hmm. I think they did great wigs in that one, yep, yep. you know, but again, for like, when you ask me what's a good wig, it's like as a guy who's in his, uh, not 18 year old years that ha doesn't have a great hairline. It's like, I always look at that and say, okay, they got a, they got a good piece on that guy today. And you're great at that. You're really, I mean, like, that's something, I don't know how much you talk about that on the, like, because it's like, we're talking about the beautiful wigs you make, and they are beautiful, you know, your Broadway wigs and stuff like that. But, I mean, there are yeah, guys I, out there who need a piece. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched upon men's wigs and, and you know, the, the man, man weave, you know, is now like a big thing. So, it's a big thing. It's becoming bigger and bigger. Yes. Like, it's yeah. a huge business now. And, you know, I know right now, as we're I'm, we're recording this podcast, you know, in the middle of crazy time. So I don't know when you're listening to whoever you are out there. Thank you for listening. Um, but like, you know, wigs are, are are not just for women anymore. They're they're for everyone, you know, men and women, right. um, or pieces, or falls, or extensions, some sort of hair enhancement. I'm calling it so. So yeah, um, especially- How much do you know about like, I'd say the sociology of wigs? Like, I mean, I think that back in like the 17, 1800s, it was more it was common more for, for men to wear. It was, they were a little bit more dandy, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, but it goes back even more, like even in the Egyptian era, it's because, you know, their hair's falling out, they have a disease. Even back then in, you know, the 1800s, still disease and everything came up. So they would just put a wig on for to show class. And what about, um, I, we, you know, we just touched about the 1800s and so on and so forth, but there's also like judges who wear wigs. How did that get started? Hmm. I don't, I, I don't, that one I, I would need to, I mean, if it's just scripted. Yeah, I don't know that either, but I mean, I kind of yeah. do want to know now. So, and there's all different types too. Something to Google for a day. Depending on yeah. the, <laughs> depending on where you were too, like on, if you're in like London or if you're in the US, the, the, the wigs were shaped differently. I knew. And then what's interesting one. too is like, you know, I always think about that stuff and then it's like, and where did it stop? Like, why did it stop? You know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think people just got healthier to be honest. Yeah. I think we just got healthier and as a, <laughs> you know, and we didn't need to be covering up our hair as much. Our hair was actually, we were taking care of it. Shampoos were being introduced into the world. Um, you know, so I, I feel that's why we, we stopped wearing them as like, hugely but now you know now they're back a ton of a ton of people are going to their stylist and they're like i want to have white hair like like whoever there's so many people who who do that white hair and i'm like it's a wig and they're like no it's not yes it is it's a wig um i mean there's so many actors that people don't even know are wearing wigs on a regular right. basis on shows i mean right. like juliana margulies where wore one on the good wife mm -hmm. and it's like and she has great hair but i guess she didn't want to sit there doing her hair every day so mm -hmm. they just popped the wig on her head. you got it right. and it was very expensive 
fifty thousand dollars, I believe. That that I believe. I, I, I can't. <laughs> don't don't come for me for it, but I believe that it was fifty thousand. That's true. So yeah. So uh, on my last show, the producer uh, worked with her on a couple shows, and it's in their it's in their contract. Okay. So, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, like uh, you know, I'm trying to get that God bless you know. Call Danny, give him a get a, get my wig. Yeah, he was so the producer was on on the last episode of The Good Wife. Uh, no, no, he they did a, a how can I I, I want to put it but not put it. Um, he he worked with her before, and in negotiations and whatnot. He's he's a big big producer, and okay. so like he he went he he went up for bat for me a lot with production. Okay. You know, because they're like, we have the guy in-house building the wigs. Why are we even questioning how much he's asking for? So that's NBC. Um, yeah, at the time, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So how's happens. that going with Bone Collector right now? I mean, it's aired. It's aired. It's really great nationally right now. Like, yeah. it's just had... Uh, Is it renewed for second season? Do you we're know? waiting. Okay. We're waiting. It's that time. I mean... I know ABC has their lineup already. I know. Right. Is it CW anymore? Whatever they call it now. Yeah, they have CW. theirs out. Um, yeah. So we're, I think NBC is waiting. Um, from what I, from, from rumor mills, I know the set is still up, but that could mean Okay, nothing. that's good. That's but a good see. sign. But, but you know, I mean, at the same time, it's like right now, who knows how long this is going to go for. We are in quarantine, just throwing that out there. Yeah, we are in quarantine. I guess they're under a rock and don't know. <laughs> yeah, we had um, a big meeting just to like go over things, you know, union-wise and how what we're what's. There's so much rumor out there too. So it was um, there's a lot of rumors out there. Too many crickets and how how things will happen and how things will roll out. What what you know the reinventing of Hollywood. You know, is everyone gonna have a personal? Is you know. I heard there's some rumors where I, as a hairdresser, would then be. Hey, guys, I'm not sure if you have heard of Spornet brushes. They are a brush that actually has been around for a very long time. So maybe some of my old time listeners or hairstylists out there that are listening, you have heard of them. I two things. A, I didn't know it was in my kit already. Um. I just love that it was a bright blue color because I'm always trying to set my kit apart from the rest. You know, those, those BG people have those little clipto hands. So I bought my Spornet brushes. I use the Prego collection actually because they're blue and they're super light and they get to smooth the hair as beautifully as anything before. So, I mean, I've literally used them on all of my clients from, you know, from Vanessa Williams to Heidi Klum to Jessica Chastain to Ariel Kibble. You know, I literally have used them on every single client without truthfully really knowing that about it. Um, so yeah, so I would check them out. They're doing this great rebrand. They have so many different brushes now and they're really trying to get people who used to use them, use them again. Um, and I can't even believe that it was in my kit already. So I'm definitely getting more brushes. I'm probably going to be doing some posts 
on them on Instagram and social media just so you can see what's in my kit because I do a whole section on that. So I'll, I will literally show you. I think they're already in one of my videos. Um, but these are absolutely amazing. They are ceramic. Uh, they have all different types. They have boar's hair. They have synthetic hair. They have everything you need. So I would definitely check them out. Uh, so support.com. S-P-O-R-N-E-T-T-E. All right, so they have some great brushes and also it's tangle free and literally they're coming out with some brand new ones. They have one that is like great for just extensions. They have some for teasing combs. They have teasing brushes and also they have men's combs. So those short bristle brushes that you need from soft, medium, and hard. They have all different types. It is literally a one-stop shop for all your brush needs. I would definitely check them out. I'm super excited to be working with them and having some amazing brushes. But guys, I've literally been using them. Like every photo you've ever seen or video or TV show, I literally have been using them. Like they're already in my collection and I, they come in different sizes. So like I have the four inch, I have it, the three and a half, the three, the two and a half, the two and the one. I literally have two sets, one for the set and one for the stage. So it's quite hysterical that they have reached out to me to do this. So this is great. I hope you check them out. Uh, S-P-O-R-N-E-T-T-E.com. I can't wait, guys. It, you're really going to love it. Be a background person because I don't want new people on set. I'm like, oh, so I'm going to get my, my acting card? <laughs> Right. I'm like, but her hair's wrong. I need to see her hair. I don't want to. I don't want to be on camera. So we'll see what it does. We'll see what it so does. That's the, the new idea is that everyone's gonna have their own personal hairdresser. That sounds very expensive. I don't know. I don't know. I heard. I know they want to do a ton of different. Like, there's so many different things. Like, we would do you know 300 people in one tent. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like how social distancing six feet away, and we're on an eight foot table. Okay, cool. But if you have 300 BG people, you need, you know, at least one person for what, 10 people if it's a period. Right. So then for 300 people, we're going to need like 20, 20 hairdressers. I mean, so here's what I would say to that. And it's like, and I really don't want to get into the whole quarantine thing. But what I would say is this, is that whether or not you're not, you're social, di I mean, I just, I hate those words, but whether or not you're social distancing and you're wearing masks and you're all six feet away, if you go and touch the table and then someone else goes and touches the table, you get it. And that's yeah. it. So it's like, so, I mean, it's uh, to some degree, it's like people need to stop the insanity, you know? And it's like, and I'm very, again, I'm taking the disease so seriously. I think it is a hundred percent real, but at the same time, I think that people, people somehow think that this is avoidable because of the fact that they're standing six feet away and it's like, okay, you touch that doorknob, someone else touches the doorknob, you get it, the end, mm -hmm. that's it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I was deathly sick at the end of Lincoln filming, like deathly, like. January? Yeah. Me too, I, was, I had it, I know I had it. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty bad, but. Me too. Who knows right now, I mean, I'm finally feeling good. Nothing. I was deathly ill too for about three weeks. Yeah, so couldn't talk. Who knows? Because yeah. I believe you called me that night. Actually, you called me, and I was like, I couldn't even come to the phone. I was dead. <laughs> like I was Probably. just done. Yeah, end of January. I was. I mean, death. It was it, like, and COVID's pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we're. 
in a time where, I mean, as a, a hair and makeup person, like in the industry, like our job is sanitary. Like our job is to know it, you know? So I'm, I don't want to say I'm not worried, but like we are like the front line on a theater, on a, a gig, you know, on a movie. Okay, so let's play a little game for the, oh, for the listeners. Okay. There we go. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to like rapid fire. Asking okay. me. Oh, God. Can I? Am I allowed? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay so well. we're gonna put. So we're gonna play a game, and I'm gonna say. Uh, you know the table's like, turned here right now, everyone, right? Okay, so I'm gonna say a category, and you tell me first person that pops into your head. Who fits I, you know, that I know no one. All right, we're gonna play. Okay, you know, you best know. hair in the movies. Best hair in the movies. Yeah, actress or actor, best hair in the movies. Sofia Vergara. Best hair, but uh, worst hair outside of the movies. Oh, mm. like someone who has really good hair in the movies, and then like when you see him in person, it's like, what happened there? I Sofia Vergara does have great hair, though. Just throwing that out. She's I don't someone who's it matches on the red carpet and in the movies. Who do I know that has like I don't. I mean, so I'll throw a, I'll throw a name out there. Okay, you. Um, I think that uh, Meryl Streep has very good hair in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then if you see her on the red carpet, not so much. And if her hairdresser's listening, sorry. But, you know, I mean, it could just be the person, too, that they don't care that much to put the effort in. But, like, right. in the movies, I, I mean, that was a great wig. Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Very much. Great very wig. much. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. great wig that she had going on there. So actually that you want to talk a bad hair person, uh, Emily Blunt in that movie, not the best hair going on. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Love her though. Great performance. Right. Not yeah. the best hair. Okay. okay another question. Let's, let's see. Um, Me though. M- moment where you most knew like that's a wig going on. Mm, I, uh, there's you so are. many. I mean, I'm I'm the worst. That's why I have to write off every movie and like I almost right. write off all of my Netflix because okay. I just I I also know like I know what I'm looking for. I I don't want to pin out too many people. You know, all my constituents. I want them to hire me. Of course, of course. Well, you uh, know, sometimes uh, like I sometimes mean, it's a really obvious one. A lot of uh, the period pieces. A lot of the period pieces tend to. Because there are so many, I don't think we, as hair people, get enough time. What do you think of the Hocus Pocus wigs? Um, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, but they're wiggy. They're supposed to be. Like, they're, they're characters. Yeah. Okay. So, just wondering you know. what your thoughts were on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think they, I think they're, they're wiggy for so To be honest. They're but, iconic, but, yeah. You know, like, even Elvis's hair, it's iconic, even if it's a bad wig. You know? What about Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin? You don't know it. No. It's like, I mean, that's that's another... Like, okay, so like, even with the show that I'm doing, you know, my top five favorite, like, I have to work at it. People think, oh, you just pick... No, no, no. No, I have to... You have to do your research. Yeah, this is all research. Like, you don't, like, we A, we've been trying to get on this Zoom call for a while so we can record this. But, like, just getting ready for our interview i was trying to like google search you from 1812 to get some like dirt or something to be like oh shock him let's bring something up from the past 1812 you know we're all okay, so, so did you find any dirt on me what what, what, what were no. you bringing up what no, no all, really nothing i got nothing 
I mean, there I is know. dirt on me for sure. All I got like, was you, like the questions I asked you. You know, I was trying to be like, be that one that like, oh, you said something sometime, and then we can like, oh, respond. But I mean, mine are all very generic. But how how is your relationship with hair and makeup people normally? What's your? I th- I have very good really. I think that um, first of all, I think this is something that I'm going to say that might get me in trouble with photographers i'm mean, probably not though but i believe that hair and makeup people are more important than the photographer because just what i do and the schedule that i work on mm-hmm. i want someone who's going to move the shoot along mm-hmm. and i think you could always go in and touch up the photo when it's all said and done so if someone's not the best photographer but if they are a slow hair and makeup artist or a bad hair and makeup artist they could mm-hmm. that could ruin the whole shoot mm-hmm. so most of the people that I work with, one, I hire really, really good people because I know what I'm looking for and mm-hmm. I, I like the people that I like. And two, I just, I really respect the hair and makeup person and I feel like they don't get that kind of respect from other people. They're usually looked at as the least important person on set and I don't feel that way. Yeah. No, I mean, you've been very, very generous when Thank we you. work together. So like, well, I mean, I guess, like you must, do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that when you come into a set, obviously talent is treated as most important. And I believe photographers treat it as second most important. Right. And then it seems like, you know, stylist is treated as third and hair and makeup seems to be the, the lagging, you know, it's like, I'd say in importance, people treat you guys as last. And I, I mean, I think that stylist is number one and hair and makeup is number two. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, we are also talking about photography. We're talking about like full-on photo shoots. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, so right. I just want to let sh- make sure my audience knows because most people are thinking of me as TV, film, Broadway. Right. You no. Know? So this is actually yeah. like full-on like photo shoot for an editorial shoot. Right. So and yeah, it could. Be, it's a little different with film because I mean people are like the cameraman becomes a lot less replaceable in that regard. Right. You know. But I mean, for me, it's like. I feel like I go through more photographers than I go through hair and makeup people because if I trust you and you do a good job, I want you to keep coming back. I really, I like, I, I value hair and makeup tremendously. I think even the talent is more replaceable, to be honest. We're not going to talk about talent with you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I love talent. Like a lot of times I don't have any problem with talent. I just think that like, the thing is is how many actors are there out there that you can get another actor for a photo shoot really quickly whereas you can't get a really good hair and makeup person that's going to stay there the entire day and go person to person to person with you. True. That can do also, I mean, like, for example, you can do all different types of hair, which is important too. Right. No. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, knowing, knowing your craft though, but that's just the passion I have. You know, some people are just, and even in the hair world, you know, people are cutters, people are colorists, people are, you know, do it all. Like they, they, they departmentalize everything because I, I'm assuming that they feel you can only be good at one thing. Right. Uh, you know, and that's where I guess I'm, I'm just the commodity, but that's also, so I, I don't like, I mean, sometimes the talent asks for a hair person and a makeup person, mm-hmm. but I want someone who does it all like you do. Like yeah. my girl in LA, Madison blue, she's amazing. And she does it all. Um, so that's what I want. I want someone who's going to like, I like a small set. I don't like yeah. a lot of people milling around. So, mm. although I did like your assistant when you brought him, Andrew Carter. Mm. Was that his name? No, we're not talking about him. All right, I don't know. I liked him. I'll cut that out. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I know you would like him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, to me. Um, yeah. I I think I think I think we got everything. <laughs> For uh, my notes, I mean, I went through all my questions. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, not about myself. I always want to hear more about you and more about what goes on, what goes on in your world, what you're doing during quarantine to, um, to keep in business. To keep in business. I mean, uh, I, uh, well, I mean, for once I was ready to go back to work when they shut everything down. Like, cause, uh, we stopped filming January 20 something or 17th. And then the 27th is when I got like totally wrapped out. And so, like, I have already was off for, like, a month and a half. So, like, I was, like, ready. Like, I had my shows lined up. I had, yeah. like, three shows. And they're all, like, not this year. <laughs> so. Um, what show were you going to go to after that? Um, they were doing a remake of, not Seventh Heaven. What was it called? <sighs> Dang it. Everwood. It, I don't know. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. 13 something? 13? Something, 13 something? 30 something? 30 something. 30 something, 30 something. 30 something, 30 something yeah, and more. Yeah, so it was going to be like the full original cast coming oh, back really? to play the parents and then the, the they had kids and it would be there. Okay, so when was that supposed to start filming? Oh, it was about two months ago. And your key hair on that? I was going to be department head. But that's but great. The, uh, so I know, um, I believe her name's Mel Harris from that show. Mm-hmm. She's very sweet. Well, it's not happening anymore, so it doesn't matter. If, if the show's not happening, it's totally scrapped. Yeah. Really? It was a pilot. Yeah. Pilot season got fucked this year. Wow. So they, oh, so they're not, I mean, they'll probably bring that back though, because it was a, a I mean, they signed up everyone, all the original cast signed on. So, yeah, so it's not happening right now, but like in six months, maybe. It's for ABC, though, and it's not in their lineup. It's not what? It's not in their lineup. Wow. Yeah, but I mean... The, again, there was supposed to be a show that... Um, oh, it was some. It was going to be a sci-fi show that was supposed to go into our studio, and they mm-hmm. got canned, too. So that's the only reason why our set is still up. Otherwise... <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, again, like who knows when filming is going to resume and stuff like that. So, and what I mean, do you do? No what do you do in the, in the interim? Um, making content, <laughs> making, making a content. ton of content. Uh, I redid my whole entire wig making class mm-hmm. um, so that it's a little bit more in depth. And do you, are you selling these wigs in the interim? Are you making, I mean, I, no. No, I, I have a couple clients that have, you know, going through chemo and stuff like that, that I'll, I'll do those, but it's not really a, a, a moneymaker to be honest. So, and what was great was when, uh, when Brad Pitt like hosted Saturday Night Live in quarantine mm-hmm. and he's like playing Dr. Fauci and he's got the Dr. Fauci wig and it's just like, right. Cause Brad Pitt, I'm sure had a perfect Dr. Fauci wig just laying around the house that he didn't have someone bring that in. It's like, come on, give me a break. Yeah, no, I I think they I think I mean I think they they have. So that should probably be a show that needs a lot of wigs. Is Saturday Night Live, and that's in New York. They do, they do. They use a lot. Um, 
I, I heard I heard a lot of things about about working there. Um, I I want to say it was a dream of mine, but um, uh, you got over that. Yeah, I think so. I think I have. I mean, of course I would do it. Like, don't like. Let's not. You know, anyone who's listening, don't. It's intense job though over there. Yeah, it's very intense, and I just feel with my background of theater that it's a great fit. It, yeah, I mean, listen. I think to... that I think that you do a phenomenal job, and you know how to hustle. So they could use you for sure. You know. Yeah, I I know a lot of people who've been through the doors. Um, I did. Uh, I don't even know why it's not out. It's called Vampires versus the Bronx, and mm-hmm. they the makeup department um, from there came on, and we got to work really close together. Louis in that movie. Um, who is it? Who was in it? Um, Who's the the one from the Wu Tang Clan? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, not Ice T. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Um, I just went over this the other day with someone. Um, Sarah, something or other. She has like blonde hair. I forgot what she was known for. She's in it, and it was like it's about these like three uh, friends in the Bronx, and they defeat these. Sarah Gaddon is her name, I think. Is that a I don't know. I'm making it up. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Pause, please. I can look. Okay. Because <laughs> we were just texting. Um, you and Sarah? Yeah. Oh, no. What is going... Why can't I... Pause. Anyway. Um, so Sarah... who else has been on this show, on the on the podcast? Well, we have Vanessa Williams coming up. We oh, have Diana Young. And um, who else? We have Ted Gibson. Um, Mark Ted Gibson Quinn. is, uh, is he from, he's uh, Dharma and Greg? Who? Ted Gibson is that Dharma and Greg? No, he's a hair person. Okay, oh my bad. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, Willem, I don't know if you would know. Um, trying to get Lana Condor to come on. Um, okay. What are you working with her on? Um, we did this, <laughs> we did this, well, I took over for someone. Um, it was a tear movie. Um, oh, dang it. It was. I uh, believe we, I was one of the first people who's ever interviewed Lana a couple, like about six years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I she think was, I was her I mean, first. She was still interview. very young when I worked with her, um, mm-hmm. but we were doing overnights. So like everyone was like slap happy in this penthouse in New York. So like. It was a lot, and she was very sweet when I interviewed yeah. her. And it was yeah, a little—I mean, a long time ago at this point. I believe I was, if not her first interview, one of her first interviews. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of special. But that's where we're at right now. So, and Good. then I'm like Ariel and Brooke from Lincoln mm-hmm. probably will come on. So I've she- interviewed Ariel as well, Ariel Cabell. Yeah, we were we were just. Um, texting because she was doing all this press for the show out wherever it's launching now supposedly it's internationally very very well taken the so. bone collector the bone collector is that what yeah. i don't know yeah yeah Link- did you watch it no i did not i'm sorry no but i but that's that's actually rare for me usually i try and watch at least an episode of everything but when was it was on in around january mm, yeah Yes, yes. It was January 9th, I think, was our air So, date. like, I mean, I was sick in January, and then it's been this, so. Yeah. You know, well, it's on not, but, 
Yeah, so I mean, I probably will check it out. I try and check out at least, you know, one episode of everything, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The pilot, yeah, I mean. But I think you're going to compare it too much to the movie with Angelina. I've never seen the movie, so. Oh, good. Oh, okay, great. That's better. Yeah. It's definitely is she, is she the Angelina role, role Ariel? Is Ariel, yeah. she's the Angelina role. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good casting. I mean, like, if, if, if someone cast me as Angelina, I'd be like, all right, well, now I can die. <laughs> yeah no and it was great it was it was a it was a fun time we had fun what's so what's what's the difference in the movie what would you say is the main difference going i mean it's more towards the books there are it's a series of 12 books actually okay what it's based off of so they finally got i guess the rights to all of his books whatever his name is who wrote it um so yeah so and it they left it off with a cliffhanger to like go on to something else have you did you watch every episode of course. Okay. I did. I have a lot of notes for myself. Tough critic over here. Um, and are you doing wigs on that show, really? Or are you doing more? Just a lot like, of stunts. I mean, a lot of stunt doubles. Okay. All right. So, so like, there you go. Yeah, a lot. Um, and also, I'm trying to pick one to see if we can get an award or two, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you pick one, like, one person who you can really do something. No, we pick an you? episode. We pick an episode. Oh. Okay cool yeah yeah i do you know i did that actually what's funny you know for me to be on here uh in the mid 2000s i worked for the emmys and i was the i was the person who like i guess led the panel so like you would come in like let's say if you're an emmy voter or something like that and we would Mm -hmm. put in all the tapes and everybody would sit there and watch the tapes of and i don't know if they even still do that but like in the mid 2000s that's what they They used to do uh, CDs I heard and then now everything yeah. I heard is online where you have a, your yeah, special so, login. Right. So back then it's like I they would come in and I would be the person who'd be like, you know, leading the panel and showing them the tapes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um yeah, I, I it was I was doing uh best hair for the soap operas. And I remember mm-hmm. at one point, like I'm in the room with them all and this woman like does the Kimberly from Melrose. She rips off the wig kind of thing. And she's got the scar on the side of her head. And everyone was just like, <gasps> and you just knew that one right then and there. Like, that was the winner. And it was like, okay, what are we doing? We know that that's the winner. Let's just call it a day. Now, but, now I know we have to get them. I start campaigning yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah. So that's what you should try and do is you should try and do one of those kind of moments where it's like a shock. Like the Emmys seem to love that, you know? I don't write them. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I would be interested to know who did the original Melrose Place, where Kimberly, where Marsha Cross pulled off that wig. I don't know who did it, but I'm. They probably got nominated for an Emmy if they didn't win it. Hmm. I wonder what we would put that under. What top favorite hairstyles of Melrose? Well, it scared Place. the shit out of me. I can't say that, right? I scared the. It scared the. the I'll beep it. <laughs> it scared the stuff out of me when I was a kid. I was so terrified of that. Really? And you know who else? Um, I don't. Did you do her? No, I don't think you did. But Christine Taylor, when she was in the craft and she her hair was falling out in the shower, Mm-mm. that was some wig. And I love her. Oh, see, now it comes out. See, guys, now it comes out. He has to just loosen up a little bit. What what comes out? You with now now you're finding all the good hairs. Now oh, yeah. thinking about it. Well, I don't know. I mean. I'm a, I'm a movie watcher and a TV watcher, so I definitely know. Just not uh, lately, and not for um, my show. Thanks. No, but I but I'm telling you, I probably will watch it. So, yeah, I'm happy we can talk about it. 
Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, I'm so sure we'll have him back on to do another find out where he is now. I think we're going to be doing great. that. So thanks so much for being on. Until next time, chat later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Wig Hackers. Have an idea or a question you'd like me to answer? Feel free to reach out on any of my social media platforms at Daniel Coy Official on Instagram or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you and hope to inspire you. Don't forget to share and rate me and do your hair because if you're looking good, you're feeling better. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.